Aloha, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. Welcome to The Body Show. Each week we talk about health and fitness, but none of what we discuss replaces a visit to your own primary care provider. What happens to your teeth when you get older? Why is it that the hardest surface of the body, the enamel of the teeth, can't replenish itself? We start with baby teeth, then those fall out and we get our adult teeth, but for a lot of folks, those come out too. Then what can we do? Dr. Russell Masunaka is in the studio, dentist here in Honolulu, former Tooth Talk radio show host, and we're going to talk today about what we can do to keep our teeth healthy no matter what age we are, and also keep them in our mouth as well as long as possible. We'll be taking your calls in just a few minutes at 941-3689, toll free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. First in medical news, the eyes have it. Well, when was the last time you saw your eye doctor for a full eye exam? If you have high blood pressure, you might want to make sure that you get checked out regularly. In a recent study sponsored from the National Heart, Lung, and Blood Institute, people with hypertension or high blood pressure who had findings in their eyes of a condition called hypertensive retinopathy were over two times more likely to have a stroke even if their blood pressure was seemingly well-controlled. What can you do if you have this finding on your eye exam? Well, talk to your doctor. Make sure you're taking all the necessary precautions for your health, including controlling your other risk factors for strokes, such as high cholesterol, diabetes, and consider whether or not taking an aspirin might help to protect not just your heart, but your brain as well. Speaking of the brain, in a separate study sponsored by the National Institutes of Health, People who had higher sugar levels were at a greater risk of developing dementia, even if they weren't diabetic. High sugar levels equaled higher risks of dementia, even those in normal range. If they were in the upper limits of normal, the risk was higher than if their sugar values were lower. Overall, the idea is lower the sugar, healthier the brain. And that's just one more reason to have your sugars checked regularly. Now, what can you do if you're pre-diabetic? Well, the American Society of Nutrition and Dietetics are about to post their latest recommendations for dietary interventions for diabetes, particularly those people who have prediabetes or earlier changes with their blood sugar that show that it's a little high but not yet in the diabetic range. These interventions result in weight loss, the only real proven way to stop the progression of poor sugar levels into the diabetes levels. Eating foods with a lower glycemic index can help, eating vegetable proteins rather than animal proteins, and achieving weight loss of even just 10 to 15% of body weight are expected to be on the list. As far as exercise, it's always good to be moving more, but weight loss is the more effective way to prevent the progression to diabetes in all of the studies so far. Ever wonder about your teeth? They seem pretty important. Other species have teeth. I can show you the bite marks to prove my cat has teeth. And, you know, what's the real purpose? How can we keep the ones we have healthy and in our mouth as long as possible? Well, I've got an expert here with me today, Dr. Russell Masunaga, and we're going to talk about how you can keep your whole mouth, including your teeth, healthy. If you've ever wondered what to do about keeping your teeth and gums intact, you can give us a holler. You can join us at 941 3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Dr. Russell, welcome to The Body Show. Uh, Thank you, Dr. Kozak. It's an absolute pleasure to uh, 
be here today and be in front of a mic again. All right. Well, you hosted Tooth Talk for, what, 20 years? 20 years, yeah. 20 years. Well, I'm glad to have you back in front of a microphone. I'm happy it's ours. Tell me, you know, you you have a dental practice. You've been taking care of people and their teeth for, for many years. Why do we have teeth? Well, I mean, you know, my cat has them. She bites me with mm-hmm, it. But mm-hmm. why, why do we have teeth? What does it do for us? Well, your teeth are basically have some basic functions. Of course, it's to grind the food, it's to start the digestive process. Your saliva has enzymes in it that start to break down the proteins. Um, chewing the food into smaller, smaller amounts uh, certainly helps it, it go past through your digestive system as it, as it goes into your stomach, where the other acids are going to digest the food and make it more available to the rest of your body. But that's just one function of it. And we had asked this question a little bit earlier. One of the other things I thought about was it's it's good to catch food with teeth. I mean, it's not always the best way to grab something with your hands if it slipped like an octopus or something like that, you know. You want to grab it and then maybe like disable it with your teeth. the canine teeth or your eye teeth, uh, they are designed for ripping and tearing and actually catching food. Of course, we've evolved to the point of where perhaps we're not quick enough or fast enough to be able to uh, uh, use our teeth in that way. But it is a tool. It is a weapon uh, that can be used as well. I like that. Teeth are a weapon. Although I don't think we have to catch food through a drive through But true. <laughs> you know, I mean, evolution, when originally, we had to grind things down, get them into smaller pieces. And you're right, we might have had to do a little bit of catching. Now, you know, babies don't have teeth, and then they get some. Why do baby teeth fall out, and what's with getting adult teeth afterwards? I mean, you'd think... You know, a very much more efficient way to do it is you're born with teeth and you keep those and that's it. But we kind of have these what they call deciduous teeth. You know, you shed your early teeth. Why? Well, um, baby teeth are <clears throat> a, kind of a special tooth. It's, it's, it is designed not to be a permanent tooth. Um, it is, once again, designed to help the babies grind food and to digest food. In fact, we call the development of what kind of food a, a baby should have at any given time. Uh, when the first baby teeth come out, we call them cracker nippers. In other words, they, they're basically good enough now to start eating crackers and, and foods and like that. Um, of course, certainly uh, mothers breastfeed, and so babies coming out with teeth would not necessarily not be necessarily so happy. Okay, sort of, sure. Um, um, progress there. And there is, you know, in the human um, biology, something we call a systematic developmental retardation. In other words, uh, horses come out, boom, they can walk, they can eat, they can move. Babies, human babies come out and ugh, they're helpless. They absolutely need somebody to take care of them. And was this true maybe 100 years ago or 100 million years ago? Maybe not. Maybe babies came, bloop, plopped out and they were ready to like, you know, go chase a a chipmunk or something down across the street. But um, as time went on, um, the more civilized and more available foods uh, that came about, um, human beings then started to um, retard their, so to speak, their infantilism uh, longer and longer and longer. And so the development of the baby teeth, uh, really, I, I believe, I'm, I'm just speculating here, is was part of that process. The other thing that happens with baby teeth is that the baby teeth are markers for the adult teeth. They're also smaller. I mean, you would think that if you're born as a baby with, like, adult-sized teeth, that would kind of freak people out. So you have these smaller teeth. Right. Are you born with adult teeth behind them, or do they develop over time? They develop over time. There's actually buds, uh, liking them to uh, stem cells. There are buds that are behind the baby teeth. 
And once again, I was going to say that the baby teeth are markers for the adult teeth to come out because otherwise the adult teeth will just come out any which way. I think they did in my mouth before braces. (laughs) I think I had them coming out every which way, but okay. Well, sometimes babies um, lose their teeth early. I mean, since the development of candy and things like that, cotton candy and red vines and things like that, you know, certainly um, the development of society has made the destruction of the baby teeth go way, way, way up as opposed to just, you know, a primal diet. So it's very important. A lot of parents ask me, why should I fix the baby tooth? It's just going to come out. Right, because we we, we want to do cavity fillings. We want to put stainless steel crowns on these baby teeth. You do that on baby teeth. Yes, yes. We restore okay. baby teeth up because they need to be in the mouth of about eleven to twelve years of age until the adult premolars and the adult molars actually start to find their way to where the baby teeth are, so they can come out in the right positions. I think you just explained a mystery. I have had forever because I remember, you know, when my teeth were coming out every which way. Having to get a tooth filled and like six months later have it pulled because I was getting braces, thinking, why are they putting me through this pain and torture other than to teach me don't eat candy and not brush your teeth? But that makes sense, though, because it was actually a marker for the next tooth to come in. And that was why they did that. All of a sudden, I feel like life is I, it's explained better. I didn't have an unnecessary filling. So when you have this sort of episode where you get your adult teeth, we talk often about keeping them straight, making them look good. Does it medically make a difference? I mean, I always wonder, you know, I had we have, we I have, had orthodontists. I had right, braces right. for four years. I mean, I had teeth growing who knows where. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I'm always pleased because my younger brother had it worse, so I always felt better. But, you know, with that situation, is there a, other than a, a aesthetic reason, why else do they have to be straight? First of all, I want to back up just a little bit. <clears throat> Pain and torture are not words we use in dentistry. No, you are totally <laughs> correct, and I may have that perception, but that is not a real reality. Discomfort. Discomfort and, and an improvement bit, in my dental pressure. health. Okay. Okay. Now, right. um, to, get, to get back to your question, though, about um, orthodontia and um, the correct bite, you know, that's a very good question because I see a lot of patients, um, different cultures, different uh, racial backgrounds, where they have such different developmental um, uh, Jaw positions. In other words, we have what's called a class one, which is your classic Western American bite. Front teeth, over, top teeth, over your, lo- your lower teeth, and, and you bite like that. You also have something called a class three, which is your lower jaw protrudes. Older listeners might remember Kurt Douglas, that, but that it protrudes quite far ahead, and he actually has an underbite. And then you have what's called a class two, which is an overbite. So your front teeth actually are so far over that... Um, your bottom teeth may actually hit the palate of your mouth. So you have some problems with class 2 and class 3 bites, in other words, overbites and underbites. Uh, with the overbite, the problem is, is that your lower teeth will, will actually grow up and start to hit the palate of your mouth. And so that's not a good situation. That's not an, an ability to eat uh, properly. With the class 3 bite, there aren't serious issues except for some aesthetic issues. Uh, with respect to that, because you do have some people whose underbite is so pronounced that it's distracting. Um, it's very difficult to correct. That's be, it's correctable only by surgery. Um, and the class one bite is, is considered the ideal bite. There is a, I'm going to say, an abnormal fascination with teeth in the United States. Meaning that we have to have them perfectly straight? I mean, look at England. 
Yeah, look, you know, look at you look at some people in other countries and you're like, how did you not get braces? But they don't seem to have that same, is it a cultural thing? There's, like that, they're fine with it, they're happy? They'll spend $10,000 on a Louis Vuitton bag and walk around with like jacked up teeth. You know? But that's, I mean, and that's, there's no medical purpose to having your teeth straightened if you have an okay bite. If you are, if, if you can um, properly have the nutrition, if you are not having a problem with digesting food, um, really the teeth are secondary to so many other health issues. Although we do say that the teeth, the mouth, is an open book to the rest of the health because we can, we can see if we see a periodontal disease um, or bone loss, if we can see um, signs of diabetes in the mouth, we can see cancer in the mouth, um, we can see all kinds of uh, systemic illnesses on the tongue, uh, in the back of the throat. And so basically, the first look at a human being is you look in their mouth. It's th- they say, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. Well, look in the mouth. Well, they, well don't, they said, don't look a gift horse in the mouth because you're going to find out how old they are. Okay. The teeth are going to be flattened. Uh, they might have some sort of illness and things like that. So. But you can really tell a lot when you look in someone's mouth. Absolutely. Then. I can tell if somebody's using crystal meth. I can see if somebody's bulimic. I can see if somebody has uh, all kinds of other uh, health issues that really have nothing to do with just the mouth. I know reflux sometimes erodes the enamel in your back teeth. Um, some other conditions can do that. Um, immunocompromised states, you know, you can see that in the mouth. If your immune system's not up to par, you might get a fungal infection. But you can really, when you look in the mouth, are you looking for all these things? Do you just notice them if they're there? When you do a good dental exam, would you pick up on a lot of these issues? Yes. That's something that we, at least in my practice, we're very proud about doing um, complete oral cancer exams, <clears throat> floor of the mouth, head and neck. Make sure there's no problem. Well, one of the things that happens, Kathy, is that um, I'm sorry, Doctor Kozak. One of the things matter. that happened. <laughs> one of the things that happened is that because of the way that health insurance and dental insurance are um, set up, people tend to see their dentist more often than they see their primary care providers, because we see them once every six months. We can check their blood pressure. We can check their thyroids. We can, you know, take a look at their eyes and their skin to make sure that they're not signs of, of cancer, melanoma, um, and things like that. And this, that is something that we take pride in doing is that hey, we see you every six months, and you're well. It's a well visit. And that's good because, you know, most people come to the doctor because something's wrong, not necessarily for a well visit. I think in general, insurances have been a little late to the game in covering some of the preventative things that we'd like people to do. Um, But they do in some cases. But you're right. You know, nobody wants to say, oh, I wish I would have gone to the dentist two years ago. Now I have cavities. They want to go ahead and get checked out in advance, take care of things when it's smaller and not a big issue. So it's good to know all the different things you can discover when you look in someone's mouth. I wouldn't have thought that you would would have been able to see diabetes, for example, but I bet there's changes in the mouth that would lead you to be able to identify that. Yes. Um, <clears throat> certain conditions lead to excessive bleeding gums or extreme gingivitis. Pregnancy is one of them. Diabetes is, is another. Some extreme hormone changes like um, menopause and stuff like that. In a woman in particular, there are three stages of life that we look at very carefully. One is puberty, the second is pregnancy, and the third is menopause. Because at those three stages, we'll see an unusual reaction to the normal flora and fauna, which is bugs normal and, stuff in your mouth. Yeah, in okay. your mouth. You know, um, that that will react to what if you were just brushing your teeth the same way, everything was good. 
when you hit those three stages, because of the uh, changes in your hormones, your gums will react abnormally, even just to the slightest um, insult by bacteria. And you'll be able to see that when you do an exam and then counsel somebody appropriately. Right. Now, enamel, you know, once you lose it, it's gone. Why can't we make more? Good question. I think um, the best way I can describe it is that it is an end cell differentiation, meaning that like hair. It's like the end of the road. You hit it. Like fingernails. um, But we grow more hair. We grow more fingernails. I want to grow more enamel. I just can't. <laughs> Once it's yeah. gone, it's gone. That's Once it's it. gone, it's gone. It can only be replaced by porcelain and, and other sort of dental restorations. So um, how do I keep the enamel I've got? How do I keep it as long as possible? Don't eat acidy foods. Like? Um, mangoes. All these <laughs> Pup- things I love. Pineapples. Orange juice. Don't, and, but also don't like have a habit. See, here's the thing. is it's, it's not so much what you're eating. It's the number of exposures. So in other words, it's not that you eat mango three times a day. It's if you have a mango constantly through the day. It's not your, your, your Starbucks sugar that you're drinking once in the morning. It's if you take that sugar and you put it next to your computer and you sip at it all day long. Same thing with Diet Cokes. Same thing with um, lemonade, uh, things like that. It's the number of times that you put that glass to your lips that's going to expose your enamel to some sort of, of insult, e- erosion, um, chemical um, abrasions, perhaps even if you're brushing your teeth too many times. You know, if you brush your teeth five, six, seven times a day and you're using hard bristles, there's, a, there's an abrasion that can happen to the enamel as well. So there's no magic toothpaste that will fix all my enamel? No, there's stuff, you know, you hear about it in the news, pro-enamel and, and things like that. Does it really not? On the not... big scale of things, I mean, unless you take your teeth out and soak it in it, I really cannot see that it is, and Chris is going to hate me for this, but I really do not think that the pronoun, I think it's more of a marketing gimmick. I'm susceptible. I use pronoun because it says pro enamel, <laughs> and I think I'm getting more enamel, but I'm also guilty of diet sodas. So am I just canceling it out? Just, you know, here yeah. I am sipping my soda, brushing my teeth. Forget it. You're just, you know. It's a wash. It's a I, wash. I would say it was a wash. All right. Well, Now I know. Okay, I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with my all-knowing dental friend, Dr. Russell Masunaga. We are talking all about what should we do in our mouth. I want to keep my teeth in there as long as possible. And what you can do now to keep your mouth, gums, teeth, all of it healthy. You can join our conversation at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. If you've got a dental question, we may just have an answer. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. Which of HPR's talk shows do you really love? And how many times have you had to miss it because of conflicts? Did you know you can subscribe to the talk show podcasts and listen to the show on your own schedule? Nothing could be easier. Just go to hawaiipublicradio.org and click on podcasts in the sidebar. You can subscribe right there and get HPR to go. The HPR website, it's just a click away. Sister Robika Hakalau returns to HPR's Atherton Studio on Saturday, August 24th at 7.30 p.m. This intimate evening features songs from her long-awaited album, Roby Calling. She'll be showcasing brand-new Hawaiian songs as well as her classics featuring her guest, falsetto singer Mark Yamanaka. 
For reservations, visit hawaiipublicradio.org or call 955-8821 during business hours. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak here in the studio with Dr. Russell Masunaga. We are talking all about teeth. Mine are straight because apparently, aesthetically, that's what my parents wanted. And good for me because, you know, at least they they look good. Um, but do you really need to straighten your teeth? What is the best mouthwash? Should you use it? What's the deal with flossing? They always tell me I need to do it more often. How often do I have to? I have questions for our dental expert, and I'm sure you do too. You can join us at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands 877-941-3689. Dr. Russell, you dispelled my myth of pronamel is canceling out my diet soda. <laughs> so let's talk about another another issue I'm wondering. Mouthwash, do we need it? Do we not? What's the point? It makes your breath smell better. If I'm the only one <laughs> smelling it, I mean, you know. It's, here's, an, here's an interesting um, uh, statistic. Nine out of ten people believe that they have bad breath. The truth of the matter is one out of eight people truly have some form of halitosis. Um, and I do this in my office. When somebody says, I have bad breath, I don't know what to do about it, I take my mask off and I say, breathe on me. And they do. And I said, nope, you're fine. The other thing that you can do, aside from doing that to your dentist in case you don't want to do that is ask a kid. Kids will always <laughs> tell you the truth. To get your honest person yep. to tell kids you. Kids will always tell you, tell you the truth. And the last thing that you can do is you can lick your own wrist. That like that. All right, we've got a demo going on here yep. in the studio. And Licking of the wrist and sniff it. And sniff it. And if it smells bad to you, it probably is. It probably you probably do suffer from halitosis. So, your question was about mouthwash. Should right. I shouldn't I? Um, it depends. I mean, there are certain kinds of antibacterial mouthwashes. Um, let's just go, let's just start with like the one that we prescribe for patients called Paradex. That's one of the, um, name brands for, for it. And it is an, it is a super strong antimicrobial and we use it for post-surgical patients or pre-surgical patients as we're getting them ready for some sort of periodontal or gum surgeries. Um, we put them on Paradex before and then we put them on Paradex after. Side effects are Turns the teeth orange. Yeah. yeah, that wouldn't be so pretty. Yeah. But, I mean, your mouth is full of bacteria. Not all of them are bad. No, not at all. Uh, some of them are used to digest enzymes. Um, some of them, of course, will cause cavities. And some of them will cause periodontal disease. Yeah, that uh, doesn't make them sound so good anymore. No, 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 no. But you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater, so to speak. So you get the good guys, you get the bad guys. But you, you're killing them all when you use certain antimicrobial mouthwashes, okay? There ha- this is just a side note. There have been studies um, in Australia where they've been trying to do bacterial replacement. Do you know what that means? A, a population replacement, in other words. There's stre- various ways to do that. There's strep mutans in the mouth that causes cavities. They've been trying to find a bacteria that will actually take its place uh, in the mouth without then causing cavities. But, you know, it, to my mind, it kind of... It sounds like bringing in the mongoose to kill the snakes. and I mean, somehow when you mess with nature, I just feel like it's just not a good idea. That's that's my feeling, too, actually. So, so mouthwash, plus or minus, you don't really have to use it if you brush often enough. If you're having a surgery, talk to your dentist, use the Paradex or whatever you need to correct, pre- and correct. post-surgical. But for most people with no halitosis, they think their breath is good. Even kids say so. But there's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's not going it, to hurt me. Yeah, I don't have to use it. Yeah, and it and, and and there's nothing wrong with it. It's a big market. People like 
using it so that they feel their mouth is fresh and minty and clean. There's, there's really nothing wrong with it. There is one uh, dental mouthwash that I do have a problem with. If you give me a second here, I'll talk about it. It's called Plax. P- and I hate to use these names and stuff. But what Plax is, it's a surfactant. Do you know what a surfactant is? I'm going to say um, that's physics and no. Okay. It's Armorol. You it's know, Armorol. It's Armorol for your teeth. So yeah, like words, that's what you use to polish your car or right. something, and right? It just, so what happens when people use plaques is that they feel like their teeth are clean because they can run their tongue along it, and it's all slippery, and it feels really clean. What that plaques does is actually gives a false sense of, of cleanliness uh, to people. They, just, they tend to just use the plaques and not brush as well. Oh, so if you use mouthwash instead of brushing, not a good idea. Correct. It's not a good substitute. Exactly. Add if you want to. Don't substitute. All right. I feel like some of my questions are being answered. We've got somebody else with a question. We've got Chris from Kaneohe. Chris, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, thanks. What can we do for you? You got a dental question? Yeah, well, I came to the conversation late here, so I hope this wasn't covered already. But uh, I was just wondering, my daughter's going to be 10 in November, and she still hasn't lost her baby teeth. Should I be concerned? Good question. I bet she is if she thinks the Tooth Fairy is going to help her out, you know. <laughs> I mean, because she's waiting and waiting. And, you know, Dr. Mastanagi, you said you can have baby teeth till what, 11 or 12 or so? That's when you should get some adult teeth. Should Chris be worried? Daughter's 10. Well, um, Chris, is, has she lost any of, any of her baby teeth at all? Not at all. So her lower front teeth have not wiggled loose or anything like that? No. Um, she's got one tooth that's a little loose, but it's been loose for a long time. Um, was your baby, was, was she premature? No. Was she, when she was born, did she have teeth? No. Okay. Well, there are certain kinds of, of, of conditions. One is, one is that we call children who have early teeth, we call them precocious. In other words, they have teeth, they, they come in early. Um, the other way, of, of course, is that we have teeth with a slower development of adult teeth. Has she seen a dentist? Yeah, she goes to a dentist regularly. Okay. Um, he doesn't seem concerned about it. Okay, but, uh, so he's taken x-rays, and he can see the, the adult teeth underneath them. Oh, okay. Right? Um, I assume so. <laughs> okay, so you don't know for sure. Yeah, I have to ask. Yeah. Why don't you just do that? Call him up. Okay. <laughs> call him up and I mean, a- call that- him up and ask him and say, hey, you know, uh, my, my kid, is uh, his her adult teeth aren't coming in or the baby teeth aren't coming out yet. Should you be concerned? I'm going to say don't be concerned because there are so many variations. You know, when do, I mean, my own baby daughter has like eight teeth and she's only one years old. You know, there's so many kids who don't have any teeth at one years old. It's just a huge variation. And, you know, consulting with your dentist is probably the best um, best thing to do. And, and by the way, I'm going to just add the American Dental Association recommends that you see a dentist at the baby's first birthday or when their first tooth comes out, whichever comes first. So oh, okay. that's, I mean, I'm just an, as a corollary to, to your question. Um, but at this stage, if she's 10, um, I, I really wouldn't be too concerned. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. All right, Chris. Good answer. I mean, you know, so if, if he was worried, if it's two years from now, and he wanted to go ahead and find out what's going on, x-rays could show if adult teeth are behind there. Absolutely. Would there ever be a situation where they wouldn't be? Yes. And what would you do then? Have baby teeth forever? Yes. And you could do that. I mean, if that's what your body decided, yes. they could last forever. Yes. I, so I, no matter what, it could happen. Yes. And, and there, there are many people who have over-retained baby teeth. 
Uh, they're not to be pulled. <laughs> they're not to. They're not to come out. But we do live in an age now, which is like almost like the renaissance of dentistry, because we can do dental implants now. And so even if you lose a baby tooth because it just wasn't strong enough anymore as you become an older adult, we can now put in a titanium post into that spot and put in teeth, whereas before we could never do that. It would always be dentures. Yeah, glad to know because lots of fun things happen when you get older, and losing your teeth happens to be one of them. We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. We've got Ron on the line from Honolulu. Ron, welcome to The Body Show. Hi, thank you very much. Um, I have a question. I actually had a question before, but I was listening to what you were talking about, uh, about sugar in the teeth, so I have a question on that, too. Is that right for two or just one? You can do two just for you. Oh, Extra special. <laughs> well, the, the question I have pertaining to what you were discussing, um, and Dr. Masanaga, hi. Hello to both of you. Hi, Ron. Uh, I was um, wondering, when you have a meal and it's kind of heavy in sugar, like uh, cakes or soda or anything like that. And after you finish eating, you brush your teeth, you floss, you use uh, mouthwash, and you get all the sugar out of your mouth. That's fine. There's nothing in your mouth. What about the sugar that you just ingested that, that, that's in the body and is being assimilated? Does that, could that also have an adverse effect on your teeth? That the sugar has already been ingested by the body. In other words, is it just the sugar that's in your mouth that could give you cavities and um, uh, cause uh, cavities, or does, does the sugar that you have already eaten does can that also come back and have an adverse effect on your teeth, like in, on the enamel? And it's kind of an interesting question. You know, could you actually have sugar in your bloodstream that affects your teeth in a negative way? And so, you know. Dr. Russell, it kind of gets to the whole thing is, does diabetes affect your mouth? Yes, it does. If you have normal blood sugar in your blood, does that affect your mouth? Well, you know, <clears throat> I have to refer to an Instagram picture that I saw uh, recently, which said, uh, <clears throat> what is it? Is like Billy had 12 Snicker bars. He ate 10 of them. What does Billy have now? <laughs> diabetes. <laughs> so it's sort of like, yes, the answer to their question is, you know, it, it doesn't give you diabetes. No, of course not. It's not necessarily going to do that. You just have a sugar rush and things like that. But if you do become diabetic and you have prediabetes, uh, adult form two, yeah, you're going to start seeing these gingival changes, as I talked right. about before. How about, you're going to start... how about if you don't have diabetes? Can it still happen? I don't. I would have to defer to Dr. Kozak. Yeah, I would say, you know, cavities from sugar that's in your mouth or bacteria that are growing in your mouth. So good of you to floss and mouthwash and brush your teeth afterwards. But once you ingest the sugar, as long as you don't have another condition like reflux where acid comes up into your mouth or some other condition where it would come back, you should be okay if you're not diabetic. Right. If, if you have a little too much sugar, but you go ahead and you clean out your mouth and do all those things and you don't make that a regular habit. Oh, no, I don't flood my body with sugar. Yeah. It's just that I happen to like sweets. <laughs> sure. It, it, that's not going to necessarily affect your teeth if you're really careful with your mouth habits. Right. If you just ingest it and it's in your stomach. So you right. should be okay with that. And okay. also, and I, I want... Oh, oh, hang on, Ryan, because I do, I, I do want to um, address this because I, I talked about this earlier in the show. Um, sure. It has to do with exposure. As well, it's like, are you eating a lot of sugar, like a cake at a meal? That's fine, but if you have a little thing of jelly beans on your on the side of your computer and you're eating one every five minutes, that exposure is going to, and whether it's already ingested or not, but that exposure of the sugar to your teeth while you're ingesting it, yeah, is going to cause you cavities. Yeah, I'll, I'll remember that. Oh, I also had a question about a crown. 
Um, if, um, if, if you take very good care of your teeth, how long does a typical crown last? Good question. Dr. Russell, what's a crown? A crown is a, you know, for lack of a better word, a cap. It is uh, something that we do to uh, protect the tooth from um, having more damage. And so you have a tooth, perhaps it's lost a piece, a big chunk of it fell off. Maybe you had an old filling in it, and now a big chunk, a cusp tip, one of these little mountains on your teeth, is completely broken off, and you're sensitive, and it's painful. What we do in dentistry is we actually drill around the tooth to create a little cone-like shape, take an impression, have the laboratory make a crown, put it back on top of, of the tooth, and it it creates a, and this is just a, a workman's term, a, a lay term, it's called a ferrule, F-R-R-U-L-E, ferrule. It is the same concept as wine barrels, having that band of metal all the way around. Or if you take a favorite walking stick and you want to protect that walking stick from splitting apart, you put a little band of metal down at the bottom and down at the, at the top. It's called the ferrule effect. And all a crown really is because the tooth is made up of fibers. It is not just one morphous sort of amorphous you know concrete kind of thing there's it, stuff inside it's made up of fibers like okay. a bamboo forest okay you take a bamboo forest you pull all those bamboo things together what the ferru does what the crown does is it holds that bamboo together so that it doesn't start to split apart and that's that's what a tooth is and that's the best way i can explain it and so the, all that a crown is is that it holds it together now your question ron was um, how long does it last? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, considering the fact that you take very good, you know, whoever takes very, uh, very good care of their teeth. Right. And and I I can only compare this to like you know a Honda Civic. You know, I mean, how long does one of those last? Right. You know, I mean, you know, I've seen people with 1957 Volkswagens and and things like that. Um, it really depends on your maintenance. It depends on the condition. Um, and right. so many factors. You know, accidents. Right. Because they're crowns I've had for years. And, you know, no problem. Yeah, no, and and for some people, crowns may last six months to two years because they don't brush their teeth and their constant sugar exposure is is high. Right, right. So if you're good with it, it can last as long as possible. That's good. (laughs) All right, Ron. Okay, thanks, and the both of you have a great evening. Thank you. You too. I'm glad you gave us a holler and had some great questions about, you know, crowns and how long and sugar in your mouth. We've got another caller. We've got Todd from Manoa. Todd, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. Hi. Hi, what can we do for you? Uh, I have a question about receding gums. I, I mean, I think in my younger years, I sort of didn't take care of my teeth very well, and so I think I had some gum recession. Um, but I'm extremely paranoid about caring well for them now. I floss every day. I brush really well uh, twice a day. I use that mouthwash that you're mentioning. And um, I still find that sometimes, you know, my gums, there's, of a space between the gum and, and where the tooth was or is now and, and that recession and it will be sensitive sometimes um am i not brushing enough am i not caring for it the right way not flossing enough <laughs> todd you're scaring me i noticed some gum recession myself is it an age right. thing dr masanaga is it just we're getting older or or what can we do now well there is a typical saying <clears throat> About getting long in the tooth. Have you ever heard about that? Getting long in the tooth. Yeah, that doesn't sound good. With um, lions and tigers and bears and all those kind of things where the recession itself is showing the age of of the animal. Um, I think I just lost my dental friend. All right, Todd, (laughs) you and I are getting older. That's why we have receding gums. No, 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 no. So, uh, So, Todd, I have a couple of 
quick questions. One, sure. one is, um, do you think you grind your teeth at night? I do. You do grind um, your teeth at I night? Wear, I wear a guard. You do wear a night guard. Yeah. Okay. Um, the second thing is, um, what is the second thing? <laughs> the second thing is, is how, how often are you brushing your teeth? I mean, and flossing. I mean, is it, is it more than three times a day? Uh, no, I'm I'm really just sort of brushing and flossing. Uh, well, I brush when I wake up, and I brush when I go to sleep, and I floss when I sleep, and uh, or if I have. Okay, now Todd. And so this is this is also the awkward question: Is how how old are you now? I'm in my early thirties. In your early thirties, okay. Well, you know, for somebody who's in their early thirties to get some some sort of like actually progressive. Um, receding gums that you're actually beginning to notice and, and that, that space is beginning to open up. Number one, it is definitely being caused by your grinding. Okay? If you okay. imagine to take a stick in the sand and you start moving that stick around, what's happened is you're going to get this divot in the sand, right? The sand is going to start moving away from the stick. So that's what's happening with your with your, your, your grinding is that you're actually pushing away the tissues and the bone farther and farther from, from the gums. Do you have um, notches on the sides of your teeth, like little, like catch your fingernail on the sides of your teeth, and you can kind of feel like it's super sensitive? Uh, yeah, you know, I, mean, I actually spoke to my dentist about that, and we corrected one of them. It was a, a what did he call it? A microfracture. Um, a microfracture or an abfraction, perhaps? Oh, I, I don't remember that term. Okay. But, I mean, those little mountains and peaks that you're talking about. Yeah, the notches little, along little, the gum line, yeah? Yeah. Uh, Oh, along the gum line, yeah, certainly. And that's where it's also very sensitive. Like, I could, you know, catch my fingernail on it. Okay. Um, so what I've done now is I've, I've tried to explain to you why your gums are receding. You do have a mouth guard. That is super important that you, you wear it as much as possible to try to arrest the situation as much as possible. Those notches on the sides of your teeth are something we call abfractions. Um, and if you imagine your tooth, the hard white coronal part, the enamel, is different than the part that's actually in the bone. That's called dentin. And the two pieces kind of move independently from each other, just like a building moves in an earthquake. You can see it kind of flexing back and forth as you grind your teeth. And if you were going to break a paper clip, you would bend it. It wouldn't snap, and you would bend it again. And what's happening is that it starts to thin in the middle. And that's kind of like what's happening to your teeth. As you grind and as you're applying these forces of like 300 to 900 pounds per square inch, you're actually beginning to cause the notching in your teeth at the softer level of your teeth, underneath the enamel, right at the dentin, and it gets worse as your gums recede. Um, that sounds terrible. Yeah, it does sound terrible. And, and, and I don't have great advice for you except to wear the mouth guard. And, and, and since you're just on the radio, I'm just going to tell you this. Whatever it is, people have, go through sometimes episodic episodes in their life where they find that there are a lot of tension in their life, whether it's school, divorce, work, moving. I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that can cause people to grind more than less uh, in their sleep. Um, sometimes there's biofeedback sort of things. Maybe go to a sleep lab uh, to see uh, you know, how bad you're grinding because they videotape you and, and do all that kind of stuff. But certainly um, at 30... Um, you, you're already displaying uh, some uh, symptoms of uh, somebody who's been grinding their, their teeth like into their 40s or 50s. Mm, okay. Okay? Well, uh, maybe I need a lifestyle change then. Maybe. I, I mean, like I said, this is your own personal life. You're, you're not my patient. You know, you're on the radio. And so this is just sort of like my and, shotgun and, uh, approach as to what's going anything, on. Is there any correlation then or would it exacerbate it? It's not about bacteria or acids. Going on is more really just 
It's the grinding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-oh. All right, Todd, you got to stop grinding. Yeah. Uh, that yeah, that description do. just makes me have dental pain for sympathy for you thinking about all this stuff going on. But thanks for sharing your experience Thank with you us so today and for, uh, for giving us a holler. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. When we come back after this quick break, we're going to talk with some more callers about what really is going on in the mouth and what can you do to keep your own teeth as long as possible. You can join us. We'll be right back after this quick break. Stay with us. A trip to Croatia can make you think you've traveled back to a different century. There's still a lot of old ways. People still mow their lawns with a sling blade, and there's still cattle on the first floor of some people's houses. And a visit to Albania comes with a big welcome. They, I think, are super friendly because they're just so happy that the world has decided to come visit them. Explore the Balkans plus northern Italy on the next Travel with Rick Steves. Tuesday at 4 p.m. following Fresh Air. I don't think I could survive Honolulu traffic without Hawaii Public Radio because traffic makes me crazy and having something that's really engaging my brain while I'm driving makes a huge difference in my sanity levels, truly. And so I love having Hawaii Public Radio to listen to. Member supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Aloha. Welcome back to The Body Show. I'm Dr. Kathy Kozak here in the studio with my radio friend, former host of Tooth Talk, Dr. Russell Masunaga. We just spoke with Todd from Manoa, the teeth grinder. Now it's making me wonder what I do, receding gums. Oh, that was such a wonderful description, Dr. Masunaga. I'm going to go home and uh, floss and brush immediately. If you want to contact us, you have a dental question, we've got a few callers in the line. But you can give us a holler at 941-3689, toll-free neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. We've got Betty all the way from Kamuela. Betty, welcome to The Body Show. Thank you. Thanks for being so patient. What can we do for you today? Well, it ties in a little bit to your discussion about um, geriatric dentistry. My mother is 90 years old, and she lives on the mainland, but lately she started to be very embarrassed about the appearance of her teeth. And she has, um, she has quite a few of her own teeth left, but they be- started to become very loose. And I, I don't know how to support her in this, whether she would be better off maybe to just to have them out and have a denture or a bridge put in, um, just so that she's not embarrassed when she smiles. It's a great question, and yay for your mom for A, being 90, which is excellent, and B, having some of her own teeth. Oh, so, yeah, she's got quite a few her. of her own teeth, but um, they are looking, you know, much worse for wear. <laughs> okay, good, good thought. You know, what can you do to support mom? Uh, Dr. Russell? What do you do? You're 90. Your teeth are loose. You don't make, you're not so happy with those. Well, one of the things, of course, I'm, I'm going to ask is, does she get regular dental care? Yes, she does. Okay. And so um, <clears throat> her dentist, at least once every year? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. There are some things that can be done for loosening teeth. I mean, there is a natural, especially in uh, women, a natural sort of uh, osteoporosis where you start losing bone uh, around the teeth. Yes, she has osteoporosis. Right. And there are also drugs that are being given, bisphosphonates and stuff like that, that are going to preclude 
having actually teeth extracted because it's a it's a um, it's a it's a surgical procedure and it can lead to some really nasty things like osteonecrosis and things where the tissues are not going to heal correctly over the extraction sites and so there's it's 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 a little more complex yeah. than just pulling her teeth and giving her dentures sure uh, you know you need to have sort of a more fuller medical um, analysis uh, on the situation one of the things that can be done that comes to me offhand is she could have her teeth splinted together uh, just like uh, when you're if you have braces and they put that little wire back behind the teeth I don't know if you're familiar with that yeah, sort of reten- retention uh, she can actually have her teeth splinted together uh, and if they're kind of loose you know maybe even put them back where they she feels like they should be you know I mean just sort of splint them together um, event bone loss will still continue and and you might have to deal with some things like periodontal infections and things like that in the future but uh, it is something that can be done fairly easily and, and and fairly quickly. I am not going to recommend, you know, at this juncture, putting her in, into a denture at her age or uh, creating uh, some sort of crown and bridge or doing implants or, or anything like that. I think that um, all of those procedures are, are going to be really taxing on, on somebody in their 90s. Um, and they won't necessarily succeed because of the osteoporosis and, and things like that. Um, uh, here's something that can be done, though, and this is something I did do um, a lot of work with the skilled nursing facilities here in Hawaii uh, and uh, had some hospital privileges and things. One of the things that we did was we introduced into the formulary of the uh, hospitals uh, Paradex. We talked about this a little bit earlier in the show, an antimicrobial mouthwash, which is very, very effective in, in, in uh, treating periodontal disease, which is what most people get at a certain age. And they cannot clean adequately around their teeth. They're not brushing correctly. And um, there are these little items called toothettes, which are really just sponges on the ends of sticks, the disposable uh, toothettes. And um, we've instructed nurses over the course of years to actually use these toothettes for people who are in assisted living uh, conditions to just swab their teeth with this antimicrobial. Now, we talked earlier about, he said, well, you've got to brush, you've got to floss, you can't just use mouthwash. Well, in this situation... If they have manual dexterity issues and they can, they're not able to brush their teeth as well, they're not able to floss as well, using this antimicrobial mouthwash is better than nothing because it will kill the bacteria around the teeth. It can be applied with the little sponge, the toothettes and stuff. Um, I don't know what kind of facility she's in, and I don't know. You know no, the, she lives uh, alone. She lives alone. Uh, yeah. Okay. She's in pretty good health, actually. Oh, good, good, good. I wanted to ask you about whitening teeth because um, we recently had a family wedding, and she was embarrassed about uh, smiling for the pictures. And so I got her some, uh, I'm not, Crest White, white Strips, uh, and, and we used them, and it brightened up her smile a little bit. She had previously asked her doctor several times about whitening her teeth, which probably would help with the appearance a little bit. Do you have anything to say about whitening teeth at an advanced age? Uh, only, only that we have not had great success in whitening uh, older teeth. And, and that part of the reason is because the dentin itself, that bamboo forest I was talking about earlier, becomes sclerotic. In other words, it's no longer a green forest of bamboo. It is now a dead forest of brown bamboo and, sure. and golden bamboo and it's just it's harder for us to get the chemicals into the the living organism or the tooth in order to percolate basically is how the whitening uh, works it percolates the color out of the tooth and the tooth then replenishes the fluids and stuff from the inside out so mm-hmm. it becomes much more much more difficult uh, uh, to do that i see 
All right, Betty. Well, thank you very much. No problem. Thanks for the call, and best of luck for your mom. We've got a couple more callers on the line. Dr. Russell, this is a hot topic. People want to know all about their teeth. We've got Dave from Waikiki. Dave, welcome to The Body Show. Thanks very much. This will probably be your your shortest question. Um, How often can you have a full set of dental x-rays and still be safe? Really good question. Short but sweet but good one. You mean safe from the medical issues with exposure to radiation and right. stuff? Right. I have a situation where I've had a full set of x-rays, but they're no longer available. I had them about four years ago. So my next dentist that I'm going to go to might want to do a full set, and that's why I'm asking. Great question. Dr. Russell, four years later, full set of x-rays. Pretty okay? Um, <clears throat> your first set of uh, x-rays from four years ago, were they done on film? Uh, I don't think so, because it was digital, and then they showed me a monitor. Okay. Um, then offhand, I'm going to say it's perfectly okay. Okay. Because okay. the new digital um, uh, receptors and, and, and radiation is so much lower than what was needed for uh-huh. the original, original film. The original film, of course, this is when I was taught in dental school 100 years ago, but the original um, radiation was essentially one day in Denver. Uh-huh. They said if you spent one day in Denver, <laughs> yeah, okay. that was your full mouth radiation uh, there. So, uh, or a plane trip and something because of course you yeah, know, the yeah. electromagnetic waves and stuff goes higher as, as higher you go up. So you know that was a, a way of us explaining to people that how safe uh, radiation was, and that was like I mm-hmm. said prior to digital radiation. The dig- digital radiation has really come down to like one tenth of what it used to uh-huh, be. Uh-huh. So if he if he wants to take a phone mouth series, I have, and it's been four years, I don't have a problem with that at all. Okay, thanks very much. All right, thank you for holding and asking. What a great question, Dave, because people sometimes want to know that uh, radiation exposure and X-rays. All right, so you know, Dr. Russell, if somebody has the old films done should they request to do them digital now with the lower radiation exposure or really it's kind of safe anyway not a big deal i'm going to say that not every dentist has the digital radiology technology installed in their office so if they do it old style it's okay if they do it digital it might be better if they do it digital it is better and it can be done more often okay good answer not to worry. Um, we've got Ava from Eva. Ava's on the line. Welcome to the Body Show. Oh, thank you. Uh, Dr. Masanaga, I have a question. I've stopped drinking uh, sodas, and I don't drink a lot of juice drinks. But what I do drink is uh, the seltzer water. And how is that on, on your teeth and ammo? Good question, Ava. I wish I could give up the sodas. I probably will after I hear more about the damage it does to my teeth and the mouth. Dr. Russell, seltzer water, water, good, bad? It's just water, right, with a little gas in there? Kind of? I'm sorry. I have to think. I'm trying to differentiate between tonic water and seltzer water. I do Uh, believe that seltzer water is just bubbles, right? Yeah, just the bubbles. it's 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 just carbon something dioxide or something carbon monoxide that's that's put into the I don't think offhand that there are any detrimental effects to, uh, to that at all if it was tonic water then of course there's quinine in it and sugars yeah, in it and things like that no, no, but no I think quinine. I think seltzer water is should be just fine I think it's just water with bubbles in it right like Perrier, okay. Perrier is a seltzer water correct I mean yeah, that's yeah, a, Avion and, and things like that. So I, I don't think it's it's a detriment to your um your teeth at all. I can't think of anything. 
Okay, thank you so much. All You're right, welcome. seltzer on, Ava. It sounds great. Okay, we've got Nick from Makawao. Nick, welcome to the Body Show. Uh, hi, Dr. Russell. Uh, my question pertains to wisdom teeth. Um, I recently uh, changed dentist, and um, <clears throat> I'm 32 years old. I have all four of my wisdom teeth, and my they've never given me any problems. My new dentist is telling me that I should have all four of them taken out. <laughs> And I'm wondering why, if I don't have any problems with them. It's a well, great question, you know, Nick, because I wondered when I had to get mine out, why? Um, so you're on, Dr. Russell. Answer both of us. Why? <laughs> why did they have to come out? Weren't they giving me wisdom? Well, <laughs> we all less wise because of it. Um, first of all, I mean, I have to say that, I mean, it, did your dentist not explain why it needed to come out? Uh, he he kind of did, um, just because... It's hard to floss back there, and if there are ever any problems, it could be more difficult the older I get. But all, all the dentists I, I ever had before, they all said it, they're, they're growing in straight, so no need to worry about them. So they're not sideways, right, as far as you know. They're not imp- what we call impacted. It's not like a fist driving into the tooth in front of it. No, it, they're, it's they're actually all out. Perfectly straight, and actually, one of my the last dentist I had said, uh, told me my I guess my mouth is big enough to accommodate all of them, unlike other people's mouths. <laughs> all right, Nick, you're a big mouth. You've got all this great <laughs> advice. Your dentist told you get them out. He told you your mouth is big. Well, I'm wondering, Doctor Russell, what's should he do it? Should he not? Well, if they're I mean, okay, let's let's concentrate on Nick's situation, and then we'll talk right. a little bit more about why wisdom teeth should or should not come out. So, so Nick, in your lifetime since your wisdom teeth has have come in, so. 18, 21, 22 years old. You're 32 now. So in the last 10 years, how many dentists have you seen? Uh, probably between four and five. Okay. And of those four and five dentists, how many said the wisdom teeth needs to come out? I believe just just this most recent one. Leave them in. I'm All just right, going to say four, four <laughs> out of five dentists recommend Trident. It's uh, leave them in. I mean, I don't know how else to go with this, but except that, you know, you, sometimes you see, you, okay. you see three dentists, you have three different treatment plans. But if you see 20 dentists and 17 of them are saying something else, then I trust the 17, you know, because that's that, I just I just got to go with that. Aside from saying come into my office and let me look at it myself. You know, I'm going <laughs> to say four out of five dentists. Keep them in. Keep them in. All right, Nick. All right. Sounds Thank like you, a plan. You got it. Okay, we've got time for one more quick caller. Wes from Maui. Wes, what can we do for you today? Aloha. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I'm 53 years old, and uh, I've had four teeth uh, come out in the last couple of years without any problems, no pain. I had a, an infection right. Um can I just let them let the situation go, or should I have this? Uh, is there anything I can do to prevent future problems? So, like Wes, you just woke up one day and your teeth fell out. Well, they're very compromised, and then uh, two were from a surfing accident. Uh, they're just very weak. Okay. Okay. Well, so you're talking about your natural teeth, and they've been extracted by a dentist, correct? No, uh, they are, I believe, yeah, my natural teeth, but they they were, you know, broken out, surf, you know, hit by my surfboard, and just, uh, you know, wear and tear, I would describe it. Okay, so any of the teeth, parts of the teeth still left inside of you? 
like they snapped in half or anything? Or yeah, they, the the most recent ones just got a little small thing I can barely feel. Okay. Um, well, in general, having a piece of tooth still in your body that's not viable, in other, in other words, it's not connected to the lymphatic system, the nervous system, the blood system, and things like that, and has died, um, is what we call necrosis of the tooth. In other words, you have a dead piece of your body sticking into your body, and if you're reasonably healthy, as you sound like you are, you surf, you do things like that, your immune system will do a great job at keeping that at bay. If you should get sick, however, a bad, bad cold, a bad flu, something like that, an opportunistic infection is probably going to happen. In other words, that dead piece of tooth that's sticking in your body, it's rotting meat, basically, inside of a vessel. You will probably get some sort of dental infection. My advice to you would be to go get these remnant pieces taken out. Um, whether or not you want to replace the teeth with something in order to look better or eat better or whatnot, that's completely a different uh, issue than taking out the remnants of your broken teeth. I really think that's very important. Thank you so much. All right, Wes. Well, that's that's some good advice. Dr. Russell, this has been a, a very, very popular topic. People want to know about their teeth because, you know, everybody's been calling and I'm sure we need to have you back. We need to do it again. I'm sure there are some more questions out there. So real quick, the best toothbrush would be the one you use, the one that's not too firm. The best toothbrush is the one that you use. The best floss is the one that you use. Like Sonicare, (laughs) you get the fancy toothbrush. Does it make a difference? You know, I recommend Sonicare for some people who have dexterity problems people who maybe are not able to brush their teeth as well uh, as somebody who is able-bodied. Um, some I'm people able-bodied. Don't be lazy. Get a regular brush. Just get a regular toothbrush. Floss. See your dentist every six months. And floss once a day, twice a day. Floss um, eh, Floss once a day. I mean, I, I don't really don't. Unless you have, like, issues. If you have food traps, if you're... You know, you find that that beef jerky just doesn't seem to come out between those molars or something like that. Then you should probably floss it out uh, immediately. Do you got to bring your toothbrush to work? Should you brush your teeth after lunch? You're a dentist. I know you're going to say yes to this. But should you? I mean, should everybody just get their work toothbrush ready? Uh, the book says yes. Okay. <laughs> Hit on 17. The book says yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we'll have to keep that in mind. Well, I want to tell you, Dr. Russell Masanaga, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with us today on The Body Show. You're very welcome, Dr. Kozak. We've got to have you back. Teeth are a hot topic. I want to keep mine in. I want to grow enamel, but I can't. I'm going to have to give up the soda. You're bumming me out. But, hey, Ava has seltzer. Seltzer water is okay, so we'll have to think about that. Now, you have a website, and people can can take a look and see what some of the dental things that you do there. What would that be? If somebody out there was listening and said, i got to hear them, what are they checking out? Well, the website is myhawaiidentist.com. That's pretty simple to remember. Okay. And we do have a, a, a website uh, for businesses, and I think that's under Dr. Masanaga. I think you'll be able to find it. All right. If you want healthy teeth, now you know where to go. If you'd like to hear this show again, you can click on our podcast, hawaiipublicradio.org. Follow the links to The Body Show. You can also find out about upcoming shows on our Facebook page. Our engineer is David Chong, our executive producer, Beth Ann Kozlovich. I'm Dr. Kathleen Kozak. We'll see you next week when we talk some more about breast reconstruction. That's going to be Monday at 5 right here on The Body Show. See you then.